Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're still waiting on our mystery guest. <laughs> he hasn't picked up yet. We'll keep trying. We'll let you know in a minute if we get him. 651-461-9226. 651 9226. If you want to jump on via text or uh, on the phone lines, we'll be happy to take your phone calls. Pete DeJerry and Mike Max on the huddle. 651 461 9226. Here's a texture. Can you please address go for hockey and go for volleyball, which had a great win against Nebraska last night, and go for hockey 1 2 against Notre Dame? And, you know, Pete, we talked about this a little bit uh, last week. It's it's a good mm-hmm. news. I don't want to say bad news. They played well this weekend and 1 2, but, but you are still taken by the number of empty seats over there. It's just shocking, Maxi, especially gopher hockey, because that is such a tradition. It's been such, I mean, we go back to Herb Brooks. We go back to the days where everybody just had to have those tickets and it was almost impossible. And, it, you know, and now the fact that you look at the stadium and you don't see the, the fans in the stands is very disappointing. And it, it's, it's, it's incredible because the quality is there. The, the players are, are unbelievable. The, the, the level just continues to rise. And it's it's too bad. And obviously, it's supply demand. You and I have talked about this many times. Whether it's go for football or go for hockey, uh, they need to have more people in those in those stadiums. You look at the Golden Gophers right now. We're sitting pretty, you know, in a pretty good spot in the West for the football, and yeah. yet we can't sell the. We we really not even close to selling out that stadium. So. That's a problem that has to be addressed. And obviously, you know, every week you can't expect that every game is going to be like a Penn State or Ohio State. But, you know, you've got to still be a sellout crowd. And you look around the country, we're still seeing some pretty nice sellouts. You look at Georgia, you look at some of these places, Oklahoma and Alabama and even Wake Forest now with this great success that they've had. uh, There's a lot of people excited about football still, but you you just can't overprice it and i and i think that's part of the problem that we're facing right now i think they they've got to address that soon and it it can't continue to go like this because it just doesn't look good the optics are terrible if i'm a, if i'm a young man coming out of high school and i'm looking at umd and and i'm looking at some of these other schools for hockey yeah north dakota uh, st cloud they're packing yeah. them in right this is the show they're packing the house maxie they're yep. packing it and me, and meanwhile the golden gophers we 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 can't get that done with that has to be addressed it it absolutely ha- it must be addressed and give people the opportunity and i and i think the same thing is said for football you know you get in that upper ring Okay, those aren't the best seats in the house, but you know what? Those those could still be bought. We just have to have it priced the right way. And on the flip side of that, maybe it's priced the way right way. Um, mm-hmm. The volleyball team packs them in, 
uh, over there. And I understand it's a different venue, different arena, but they did it again last night for the Nebraska game, and, and mm-hmm. they are winning, and, and, and organically it has grown. And, and I don't know if that's ticket price or, you know, obviously a winning team helps as well, but it, it is something special over there on campus. Oh, is it ever? Uh, you know what? We have built, uh, the, the, the coach has built an unbelievable program for volleyball at the University of Minnesota. We are always a competitive team. We're not just competitive at the Big Ten level. We're a national competitor. And I think because of that, that certainly does help Maxie, but pricing does absolutely affect that as well. And I, it, it, right now, they're still packing the house, so the pricing is exactly right. It, you, you, but I still think that that's something that needs to be addressed in some of these other sports. But go for volleyball. If somebody has never been there, you gotta go. It, it, it's, it's really, it is so action packed and, and it's the talent and the athleticism of these tall and not always tall, but these young ladies is unbelievable. And their commitment to their sport is also unbelievable. I think that's something that doesn't get nearly enough credit for, for people, uh, to, to get them in the, into the stadium. And I think that that's why it's sold out though, is people are starting to and have understood that this is really an incredible sport and, and the action is unreal. And I think people really, really want to enjoy that. And, and right now I think that is priced right. We start raising those prices, Maxie. I guarantee you that would be a problem, even though we're playing at the level we are though. We, we, you, you can't sit around and, and try to overprice things for people because they, they then will turn away from it, very much like we're seeing it in the in the world where we're, you anybody who's got kids in their twenties they don't have regular TV. <laughs> they, That's right. They don't pay for cable. They you know it's just a different way of looking at things, and you know, so you've and, got and to attract them. I um um I I when we've been going through all these discussions, we do it all the time on a technology standpoint, radio and TV and talking about what's the future and everybody's trying to figure out, you know, where the cheese has moved to. And just what you said, people are cutting their cords. Kids look at it differently and and you have to, and, and, and Pete, I know this has to do with both sports and the way you approach your financial world. You, you have to try to figure out the mind of a, you know, a 16 year old for the next 10 years or a 22 year old coming out of college for the next mm-hmm. 10 years. You, you have to be able to go there. Don't you to, to, to figure out, what's going to be next because they will tell you what's going to be next, but you got to be willing to study it. Absolutely. And it's, it's all about the demographics and people are always looking for what is the big demographic that we lack right now? Where can we get growth there? And that's, you're exactly right. That is the target area that people are looking for. They're looking for those that have that, they have some money that they can spend, but they obviously have to, you know, be very smart about how they spend it. So they are going to be very selective. And, and that is the target audience that people are all looking for, whether you're talking about companies like Facebook or Twitter or Snap or any of these crazy things, TikTok, all these types of things, they're, they're all, it's, it's, it's supply demand and what people really do want to have in terms of demand. And they will walk away from things that they don't think that they need. And I'll tell you what, cable, cable TV is exactly what I'm talking about. Even Dish, it's amazing. I go to my children's houses when I go, when I'm, when I stop by, they, they don't have standard TV. They, they just don't have I, it. I know. Like you it, and I are just, used it's to. It's just incredible. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, as these businesses mature, but, but the Dish mm-hmm. Network specifically right now, you, you know, you can't get Bally Sports on there and they've held, mm-hmm. they've held firm on that for the last couple of years. You can't even get Channel 11 right now. Uh, which mm-hmm. is okay from a competitive standpoint if you work at Channel 4. But the point being, uh, you know, they're standing firm on the ground, but, but they're also facing something here that mm-hmm. 
they, they got to figure out what the price point is because they're aging as well, meaning, meaning their technology, the, 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 the dish and the cable, the traditional mm-hmm. ways uh, of getting it to us. And the price point is because they're aging as well, meaning, meaning their technology, the, 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 the dish and the cable, the traditional mm-hmm. ways uh, of getting it to us. And sports is, is still going to be one of the biggest things that's, that's going to draw you to whatever it is that you decide to um, uh, engage in or how you go about, you know, whatever it is that you want to get. Live sports mm-hmm. does drive and is a huge driver of that, isn't it? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's, it's something that I think is, 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 it still has to be crafted properly. And I think that these, these networks and, and obviously the sports teams themselves have really done a lot of work to try to figure out how do we attract this? I mean, we talk about this a lot of the time with baseball and, and trying to shorten up the, the, the sport itself. And they've, they've done a lot of different work and a, a, trying a lot of different things, trying to make sure that their demographic can start to reach underneath the 50 year old group. And, and yeah. that's, Really a target that everybody is shooting for, of course, but specifically in baseball of, of all the major sports, you know, that, that is something that will change and needs to change. They need to figure out ways to be able to attract the under 50 crowd, the 20 to 30, and maybe even the 30 to 40 year old crowd. And that's, that's what they're lacking right now. Other than that, everything is, is fantastic, but you, you don't want to just be stuck with the legacy. You need to start to grow other places and you need to look at those other demographics. Yeah. 651-461-9226. If you want to get engaged with us either via text or uh, on the phone lines, we'll take you over the air live as well. 651-461-9226. We're still trying to get a hold of that mystery guest. Don't know if we will, but your phone calls and texts are welcome. You're listening to The Huddle. All right. <laughs> a lot of times, Pete, we don't tease it as such that I'm going to have a football guest on, and a lot of you people aren't going to like him. But this guy has a business acumen, and uh, he has business right here in Minnesota has had. And, oh, yeah, he played football too, Pete. We welcome to the show, in honor of the Vikings taking on the Dallas Cowboys, the one and only Hall of Famer, Drew Pearson. Drew, thank you for joining us this morning. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I wish I was in Minnesota getting ready to play this game tonight. Well, we don't. Can we remember back? How many times have you heard about the Hail Mary, Drew? Wow, guys, if I had uh, a dollar, just a dollar, for every time I've heard that, uh, and had to talk about the Hail Mary and explain the Hail Mary and and all that, man, I'd be a, I'd be a rich man. I'd be making more money than these guys making nowadays out there on the football field. <laughs> I got to tell you, Drew, I, I just saw you on TV the other night, and uh, and congratulations in the Hall of Fame. That's phenomenal, well-deserved, exciting. And tell us a little bit about Tulsa and your whole path co- before the Cowboys, because we don't want to talk about the Cowboys, but <laughs> before the Cowboys. <laughs> this must be a Minnesota radio station. Yes. <laughs> yes. You want to talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, my experience at Tulsa was really cool. You know, it was a uh, major adjustment for for me coming from South River, New Jersey to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, you know, when I initially agreed to go there, I had no idea it would be that type of cultural adjustment for me. But, you know, after a while, getting in the groove, starting to play football out there on the football field, competing with the other guys, 
uh, you felt like you started, you started to feel like you belonged. And then through the course of uh, four years there, you certainly felt like you belonged, you know, when it was time to move on. And that move was to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we didn't have much success athletically at Tulsa when I was there. Uh, we had three losing seasons, three uh, head coaches, and three years of probation. Hmm. But, guys, academically, I got an education that's second to none. And that's what I parlayed into my life after football. You know, that Tulsa education uh, helped me make that adjustment into life after football. Drew, take me back to that. You know, you, 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 you move on to the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, the perfect organization at the perfect time. Uh, what do you remember about the rivalry with the Vikings? Pete and I were talking about it earlier that, you know, you, you always felt like they might meet in the playoffs. What do you remember about playing the Vikings in general and, and that era in the 70s when the NFL really uh, it was like a rocket launch off to America? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Vikings have been a good team, you know, through the 70s. And when I think of them, uh, even now to this day, I think of Bud Grant, you know, and the competition and the competitive uh, atmosphere as far as our preparation was concerned when Coach Landry was going against a coach like Bud Grant. You know, they were similar in a lot of ways. And so uh, it was very competitive once we stepped on the field. But you knew every time you were going to play the Vikings. I played them in a championship game my uh, my uh, rookie year at Texas Stadium, and they beat us down down here. Uh, but every time you played the Vikings, you knew what you were going to get. You know, even in the Hail Mary game, you knew in that situation where we needed a touchdown to win the game, you knew exactly what defense the Vikings were going to play. And they did that because they were such a veteran team that they were setting their ways and you knew what was coming, but they did it so well that they had success doing it. And we just had, a, you know, some key plays that we were able to make in that drive. We had a third and ten, I think, on the left side. I caught a sideline route on Bobby Bryant. The only pass uh, I caught on his side in that Hail Mary drive. Uh, but everything else was on Nate Wright's side, and we knew Nate Wright, even though he's playing the prevent defense, when you come into his territory – this area, he's going to pick you up man. So, therefore, the counter routes were working. When we had that fourth and 17, we ran a post corner on Nate Wright where we hit for 22 yards. The Hail Mary was a turn-in takeoff on Nate Wright. Uh, so, when you played the Vikings, you knew you were going up against a veteran team. And going into this game up there on December 28, 1975, you know, no one gave us a chance. We didn't know what was going to happen because the Vikings were a good team. They had just been to the Super Bowl, and everybody was saying this team was better than those teams. So we didn't know what to expect, and we were able to have uh, some success early in the game. Uh, it was a physical game, but then at the end we were able to make some plays to pull it out. You know, Maxie, when you when you listen to Drew talk, he, he sounds like a coach, right? Uh, not just a he player, sure but does. A coach. It was a great and, memory. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, you were a coach, right, Drew? You coached uh, the Dallas Cowboys. You also even coached a little arena football. Did you did you love that experience? Was that was that fun too, or or, or how did you treat coaching? Because you sound like a coach when you're speaking. <laughs> well, that's because I've been under Coach Landry for 11 seasons and that one year as a coach. And if you're around him, you better learn some football and you better be knowledgeable when you talk about it. Uh, but, yeah, that coaching experience, I did that because my career ended suddenly. 
I worked for a uh, football season uh, after that uh, for CBS. Thought I had a good year doing that. They promptly fired me at the end of the season. Uh, so I was going to make a comeback and, and play again because the reason I uh, retired, I was in a car accident and I had a lacerated liver. And uh, once that healed up, you know, I thought maybe I could come back and play. It didn't work out, so Coach Landry invited me to join the coaching staff. And, guys, what that did for me was open my eyes and what these coaches really go through. You know, I'm walking down the coach's area, the coach's office area, and you're looking at Ernie Stoutner's office, okay? He's got an iron board. He's got a hot plate. He's got a refrigerator, clothes rack, you know? <laughs> then you go down to Jim Schaffner, same thing. Jim Myers, the same thing. All these great coaches that coach with Coach Landry for a long time. And what that told me is that they pretty much live <laughs> at the facility, yeah. okay? You're not going to have much opportunity to go home if you got clothes racked, hot plates, and coffee makers and everything right in your office. So uh, that gave me a rude awakening what coaching was all about, the time commitment and all that. And uh, I did it for that one year, but when it was over, I went to Coach Landry and said, Coach, this is not for me. He asked me to stay on, do some scouting. I did some scouting through that offseason where we ended up drafting Mike Sherrod in the first round from UCLA. And uh, what that did was give me a lot of insight, not only in the coaching profession, but also insight on the Dallas Cowboys and how they ran business. And that's what I used in my life after football, my business acumen. Uh, When I started my business through Pearson Marketing, uh, all my business acumen and knowledge and education was from being around the Dallas Cowboys all those years. I learned how they did business and what made them successful and how they maintain that success over a long period of time. So uh, I was able to parlay that into a life after football. Yeah, your success, obviously, business effect. You have business up here in Minnesota, people might not be aware of. Roger Staubach, the same. He's had real estate up here in Minnesota. Uh, what was Staubach like as a teammate? And I always sense that you two were uh, somewhat akin because you both did take some of the same strategies after football and, and, and build quite a business fortune for yourself. Yeah, yeah, Roger, man, what a blessing for me. You know, there's so many great players, uh, receivers in particular, that come into the NFL. Uh, but the, the difference is they don't get to play with a great quarterback. They don't get to play in a great system with a great head coach. And coming to the Cowboys, I had all that, including the great quarterback. I played in the Hall of Fame quarterback for eight seasons, eight seasons. And, uh, you know, we really didn't have a go-to guy in our offense. Everything was predicated on the play called. Uh, uh, so it was the 80 series, that's me, 70 series, that's a tight end, Billy Joe, the 60 series, that's either Golden Richards or Tony Hill on the split end side. Uh, so we really didn't have a go-to guy. But in a two-minute situation, you know, it was Roger and I, and the other guys in the huddles understood that. And the reason is because we had success with that. And the other reason is that they just trusted Roger. If Roger said, Drew, what do you got? You know, they're going to fall in line. And they did, you know, like on the Hail Mary situation. But playing with Roger Starbuck was just a, uh, a tremendous uh, opportunity for me not to grow just as a professional football player, but a professional person as well. And I watched how Roger did his thing. You know, his uh, eight years that I played with him, he worked every offseason for eight years. He worked for, for a real estate company called Henry S. Miller uh, before he went out and started his own real estate business. And then, you know, 
I worked every off season. The reason? Because Roger Staubach was working every yeah, off season. Yeah. <laughs> this must be the way to go. So playing with a guy like that just meant a tremendous uh, 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 amount of success for me with my career. And then to have him present that just meant a tremendous uh, 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 amount of success for me with my career. And then to have him present me into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, guys, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that was the icing on our career together. That was the icing on the cake for us, our career together, and the rapport that we built through that career. Drew, I got a quick one for you, um, and we really appreciate it. Guys, I'll tell you what, you're, you're giving us so much about the, the, the relationship and the, the impressive part about not just football, but post-football. But I'm going to go all the way back to high school football. Uh, tell everybody who your quarterback was and, and who, he ended up being, who he ended up playing for for uh, multiple seasons against the Dallas Cowboys. Well, before I tell you that, I guess you can understand that uh, I make quarterbacks pretty good, okay? <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's why you're a Hall of Famer. At it, Pearson, yeah. <laughs> so my high, school, my high school quarterback was Joe Thiesman, okay? Everybody mm-hmm. knows him as Joe Thiesman, okay? But back in South River, New Jersey, his name was Joey Thiesman. And that's what we called him in South River. He went to Notre Dame, had a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. So he, okay, you got to understand this guy. He changed his name from Thiesman to Thiesman to ride with Heisman. <laughs> and uh, you know, Joey, that's the kind of guy he is. Pretty confident uh, um, man. We stay in touch. And he went to my ceremony. He was there. So great to see him uh, throughout our whole career. You know, later in life when the cell phones and uh, all that came, we text each other, stayed in touch like that. But, yeah, I, uh, Joey was a senior quarterback, and I was a uh, sophomore wide receiver. And I started as wide receiver and safety on defense. And, of course, Joey uh, was a tremendous high school quarterback. Uh, we were undefeated uh, his senior year. Uh, we only played nine games, and we had no playoffs or anything like that. We played nine game guys. We were undefeated, and we were unscored upon for six of those games. Okay. Whoa. Our first four games we played Joey senior year was shutouts, okay? That's how good this team was. First pass I caught from Joey Thiesman in high school was a (laughs) 60-yard touchdown pass. And, guys, I caught it standing in the end zone. And Joey was scrambling to his left, threw the ball on the run, and I'm waiting as it came down 60 yards later into the end zone. And that's what kind of high school quarterback Joe Tyson was. Wow. So when he left, I, I used to play the varsity game on Saturday afternoon, the whole game, and then play the JV game on Monday at quarterback to groom to replace Joey. Sure. So when Joey left, I became the quarterback of South River High School and became an all-state quarterback. And the problem was when I went to Tulsa, I was the quarterback. So I couldn't have had a chance to make any quarterbacks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you needed you as a receiver, too, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Well, so, well, it was a pretty good experience playing with Joey in high school, for sure. Well, Drew, we appreciate it very much. And, and you've you've done everything you can do, right? You you, you won the, the Super Bowl. You're in the Hall of Fame. You've seen it all. So now that there's no more award. You're in the Tulsa Hall of Fame. You're honored all, across the board. Now that that's, mm-hmm. you, there's no more awards that, 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 that people can vet you on. Did you maybe push off just a little on Nate Wright? 
just a little. Pay up for that, man. <laughs> You're not going to get that scoop, guys. Okay, man. we'll keep trying. Hey, Drew, great stuff, though. Really fun to connect with you, and uh, I know our Vikings fans enjoy it as well in a strange way. Yeah, hey, we guys, appreciate it, Drew. for having the original 88. Uh, good luck in the game tonight. It's <laughs> a win, okay? <laughs> All right, Drew Pearson, Pete Nigerian, and I back on the huddle after this. Pete, you used to attend the games at Met Stadium with your family. Were you at that one that Drew Pearson uh, did or did not push off on? Absolutely. Were and, you there? Uh, yeah, I was, and I got to tell you, I think uh, I think Drew might have pushed off a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little but that's bit. not his fault, right, if they don't call it? Hey, that's what you do. You you do what you got to do, and sometimes you get away with it, sometimes you don't. I will tell you this, though, Maxie. Uh, those games back at Met Stadium, they sure were fun. There oh. was something about being outside there. It's Minnesota. Oh. You had the elements. And, and I know there were a lot of cold games. And I know, But sometimes that brings, you know, I think the fans together. Yes. Uh, take a look at the Buffalo Bills, you know, now yes. that they've kind of had this resurgence as well. But you you look at the tailgating that goes on, some of it a little bit overboard, but yeah. <laughs> generally but, it's know, pretty it, fun. It, you're right, Pete. We had season tickets for years, my, my family, and, and, and the boys could go to one game a year with Dad. And it's really special memories now, you know, mm-hmm. about being with him and other people because there are other folks from our town that went as well. But can you not remember? It's almost hard to explain because the one thing that they had that really started to an extent for the whole NFL, you can explain this, is they had a huge parking lot. And that parking oh, lot yeah. was so conducive to tailgating, and tailgating became a signature of the Minnesota Vikings, didn't it? And yes, and and for the younger folks out there, uh, that's where the Mall of America is now. Yes, yes. <laughs> just so they know, Point of there was two yeah. big stadiums. Yeah, and and we had the the, the hockey stadium right next door. Yep. So you know, we had it was it was incredible, and it, it, that was old school NFL. Now we've gotten a lot more digital, and everybody wants to be kind of downtown. They want to be in yeah. all these spots where it is tougher to to park and everything. I got to tell you that that Drew Pearson, though, what a great person he is, oh. and 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 his whole career if you just look back and he he was also awarded the president's award at tulsa as well for being unselfish and and all sorts of other great qualities that he definitely has but what an amazing guy and i loved it you know i i was so happy that he went there i didn't i didn't know if he was going to go there with the thiesman theisman story or not yeah but, uh, i always get a kick out of that because i know joe pretty well and he he called him very confident i think that's a very nice very way of confident. saying <laughs> saying what he really thinks <laughs> yes and, but, and, and, and joe I, i've only met him a couple of times when he's been through town mm-hmm. he's also a great guest because you don't have to prepare yeah. a lot when you got joe on do you no, you just, you, you uh, just turn, turn the loose, mic right? on. <laughs> yeah. One question, Maxie, and you got an hour of radio or TV. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but, but I would say, you know, you can also make a case that that's exactly who you want playing quarterback. But the other piece of that oh, listening yeah. to Drew Pearson yeah. that, that you relate to well, and I think, you know, I, I'm embarrassed by what I can remember about high school sports <laughs> and everything else that I played in. His memory is, is, is impeccable. Lou Holtz's memory oh. a couple of weeks ago when he was recalling your Ohio State game that you played in, yep. Tom Osborne's mm-hmm. memory. Isn't it yep. incredible? Uh, it is. The impressions that sports make if you compete, because there's nothing that compares to it, is there? I mean, it makes such an impression, an imprint on you because it was so important to you at that moment. And, and the adrenaline is so high that there's, I mean, he's remembering his sophomore year and his first touchdown pass. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the clarity that you can have sometimes, I think, in all sports, all sports, yeah. whether you're basketball, football, baseball, doesn't matter. But specifically for me uh, in, in football, and, and, and there are plays that I'll never forget. And there are games where I, and I can literally visually picture almost every single snap. And it's, it's almost a crazy side of a person really, to be able to do that. But, but you know, there's something about how much preparation goes in. And I think that's why Drew Pearson is a hall of famer because he understood that preparation. He understood who he was and what he needed to do to get to that next level. And he talked about everything from playing on Fridays, like high school football normally is, and also playing those JV games yep. on Mondays. Yep. Can Everybody you imagine that? that? But the fact that he <laughs> yeah. remembers it, and you know what they were doing, yeah. right? The coaches going, I got to get this athlete on the field on Friday nights, and I need a quarterback, yep. and I need him to be ready next year, and he's our best athlete. You, you, you know, that still goes on today, you know? Oh, oh absolutely. By the way, the, I, I was watching that Green Bay game the other night oh. uh, against the, the Cardinals. What a, what a game. And there was a young man that I got to know a little bit through a bunch of friends of mine who are down at Tulsa, but this Zavin Collins. It was the first mm-hmm. round pick, yep. and they don't get a lot of first rounders out of Tulsa. But yeah. I'll tell you what, he is a guy that you're going to want to keep your eye on for the next few years and see how he grows as an NFL player. He was a 16th pick in the draft. He's a great young man, does everything that you'd want, came from absolutely nowhere. I mean, a small town maxi that makes a lot of these Minnesota towns look like mega towns. <laughs> yep. And and yet what, what he's been able to accomplish in his life already and what I think he's got in front of him, the sky is the limit. Uh, what, a, what a great athlete. There are so many athletes on that Arizona team. And, and and it just shows you a little something about who Aaron Rodgers really is because oh my gosh. he 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 was missing just about everybody. Yep, really. Yep, I'll just <laughs> and, move the pocket over here till I find somebody. But we're going to win the game, right? It's amazing. I think he hired two of his UPS drivers to come <laughs> yeah, in and play wide so receiver. Too, yeah. <laughs> just get open, I'll find you. <laughs> it's it's amazing. But you know, here's a seven and zero team, the Arizona Cardinals, and they're going up against a team that that has been on a roll. But they lost Week One, and they looked terrible. And terrible. Aaron looked terrible. And, and meanwhile, they bounce back. And I think a lot of that is you can contribute a lot of that really to. Just the fact that they didn't play their starters in the preseason like a lot of people, but it, you know it, it is meaningful, and you've got to be ready. And they, they, they were not ready week one. They've been ready ever since, and they are on a roll because well, now they're a seven and one football team. They won seven in a row. That's not right. so bad. And with Rogers' tumultuous off season, it looked like that first week it lended itself to oh. whoa, this is the beginning of the end. But guess what? It's not. You know, though, Pete, when when I when I watched that game the other night, and we're all coming out of COVID, and we're wondering, you know, if stadiums be full and whatnot. Is the NFL the greatest? Uh, it's America's game. I mean, it's the most popular by mm-hmm. far, all those things. But is it because they they are so good on two fronts? One is the, the, the rules of the game allow you to uh, – th- every week there's going to be some games like that where Arizona has a chance to go – if they go, you know, they, they could get a field goal to tie it, the touchdown. And you're mm-hmm. coaching right there with it the whole time because we know enough <laughs> about it that we're coaching and guessing with it. And, and then television and, and, and the way that, you know, it's – right there with it the whole time because we know enough about it that we're coaching and guessing with it and, and then television and, and and the way that you know it's the perfect amount of time between when a play ends and the next play starts that you can replay it look at it and guess again i i mean is 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 the secret sauce there just that that, that we get so engaged strategically with our mind when we watch an nfl game versus maybe other games 
Oh, I think absolutely, Maxie. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I, it, you, we get invested in these yes. games. We're, we're watching from home, and you don't even maybe care about the two specific teams, but there's just something about the clash in football that you see. And, and, and the, like you said, the, there's just enough time. Maybe it's 30 seconds. There's yeah. just enough time to be able to see the previous play again, see what happened. Hopefully the uh, color man and the, and the play-by-play give you all of the background of this and that and, and everything. And they do a great job, I think, week in and week out, both at the NFL and college level. But it, it keeps you engaged. And, and unless it's a complete blowout, uh, it, you are so engaged because the time frame moves. It's just almost like a, a clock. It's yep. almost perfect the way it starts and yes. then stops and then you move to the next play. It's it is why I think the football, and it's why baseball, like we were talking about earlier, I think it's why baseball is trying so hard to figure out how do we, yes. we don't need to necessarily speed it up, but just try to figure out how to make that time yep. work better for yes, us. Yes, exactly. And, I, exactly. and there's a lot of different different studies, but it's very, very interesting, and I think that's why football still is the dominating sport. It's why all these franchises in the NFL are multi-billion dollar yes. franchises. And, and why it's, you know, it is. And it's taken its hits, literally, right, with, with, yep. with uh, uh, the concussion syndrome, COVID, everything else. Yes. But it keeps mm-hmm. coming back because its level of entertainment is so high, and you know, and and and, and if there's a situation where you know we all love this one too, right? The, the the team's on a two minute drive, and it's your team, and 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 you're yelling, "Kill the clock!" or "Go out of bounds!" All those things we get so involved in in football, like mm-hmm. we do no other sports. So it it really has taken some. You know, we thought there might be a dramatic effect, and maybe there mm-hmm. isn't participation at the lower levels right now that they need to address, but. The, the game has addressed some of these things and, and tried to make it safer, and, and the entertainment value is so high that I don't know how it doesn't sustain itself for, for, for the, you know, the next 10 years. And even though the numbers are a little bit down as far as yep. like what you were talking about, the feeder system going all the way down to the younger, I will tell you this. I've never seen more talented guys at the next level from that go to high school, play ball, then go to college, and then those that elite group that does get into the NFL – Every year, they are more spectacular oh. athletes going into the NFL than the year before. Every single year. It's, it's almost, um, it, it is amazing that you can find guys all over the country, every school, and it could be a kid from North Dakota. It could be a guy yep. from St. John's or St. Thomas. It yep. doesn't matter. There is talent everywhere still playing football. And I think that's part of the feeder that, that is working still for the NFL. Pete Nigerian, Mike Bax, the huddle will wrap up this edition. Vikings and Cowboys tonight and much more. Stay with us. Welcome back. The huddle, Mike Max, Pete Nigerian. Peter, we got a text here that says, do you think some of the attendance issues for the Gophers specifically have to do with uh, uh, safety in, in, in downtown Minneapolis? And certainly, I, I don't know that an afternoon game at Dinkytown, I do know at night there have been a lot of issues over there that the university has yeah. uh, probably not done the best job of addressing. And in downtown Minneapolis, there's uh, these are the days that I feel the safest because the Vikings are playing the Cowboys, and mm-hmm. I can look out the window and see people everywhere and it's the one time where you feel probably the safest. But as we approach an election here where they're talking about defunding the police, et cetera, uh, yeah. I, I don't know what that image is because I'm so used to coming downtown, as are you, Pete. Uh, we probably mm-hmm. have gotten comfortable with the new normal, and, and you and I have talked about this. You, you've walked the streets like I do. As sad as it is, we've kind of gotten comfortable with that, that new normal right now. Absolutely. And and I will say this too, Maxie. Um, my, my 
my reaction back to that comment about, well, the concerns about some of these different things, the Vikings are still selling out. Yep. The, uh, the wild still, I was yep. there at open 18,000 people. That's what it holds. Yep. <laughs> so I, I still think it is about the product itself and, uh, and, and will people afford it? And if they are not going to afford it, I, I, there is some fear out there though. I would absolutely say that there is something there, but it, it, the wild, I think is an easy example where you could see we just had had, that incident down the there, shooting, not too yeah. far away. Yeah, the mass shooting. And and yet, days later, you've got the home opener, and it's full. So And it's a night it's a night game. And so it's, uh, I don't know. That would be my pushback to some of the reasons that, pe- I, that people I agree with you say. 100%. I think you focus on, you know, kind of what you want to see. And, and if you if you yeah. love the product, you find a way to get there, right? I mean, and, and I think that's been proven coming out of COVID is uh, – if if you love what it is, you're going to find a way to get there, uh, and, yep. and and that's what the, the Wild and the Vikings are an example of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and you know the the Timberwolves will, as the season goes on, I think that that's something yeah. that people are going to get more and more excited about that team. Uh, I know that they've had a couple losses, but they were very close. They're playing at a really a high level right now. And the talent of Edwards is just, uh, it's something people yeah. really should go and watch because we talked about that a few weeks ago with the, with the owner. And I'll tell you, he, the, I, I asked him that question. A lot of people compare Edwards to people like Kobe Bryant. It doesn't mean he's Kobe Bryant, but he certainly is a guy that people are viewing as he can kind of do it all. And, and that's what makes him so good. Yeah, and God gave him the gifts, and now it's a question: of, Does he want to be Kobe Bryant? You know, the personality yeah. of Kobe Bryant, the guy that will tear your heart out. You know, Kobe Bryant. I remember we had mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant's trainer in there one day, and uh, and he said, "No, you don't understand it. You don't understand <laughs> that every day he gets up in the off season, he gets up with one focus: How is he going to tear mm-hmm. your heart out and beat you? It's different." <laughs> yeah. Michael Jordan, he trained as well, and he said the same thing: It's different. And this kind of mm-hmm. goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Pete. I, I think is. Is they've got the money, but mm-hmm. but can you teach somebody to have that mindset? I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one to answer. But I will say this, uh, Michael, and, and the fact that Michael talking at at, at Kobe's funeral and, yeah. and talking about Kobe's drive and when Michael would come to town, how Kobe wanted to play against him. Yep. <laughs> you know, and Michael had been retired for a number of years yep. already, and all that kind of thing. And he's he's standing there with a basketball, a pair of shoes, and shorts, and a shirt ready to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it just shows you the competitive side of, of, of who he was. And, and that is why, you know, the success in anything, it's not just in sports, but in anything. No. When, when you're willing to show up like you do, Maxie, I, I, I swear, I, I bring you up all the time to people around the state of Minnesota. I say, you know, Maxie might not like, like, like the sound of this, but I said he's the new Sid Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean that in, in, in nothing but mean. a complimentary way. You know every coach, it seems like, every coach at every high school and small college and obviously universities around the state as well as professional level, you know them all. And, and, and it's because you work and you work hard and you do it day in and day out and it's ours that people, uh, other people aren't willing to put in. But it's because you put that in that you, you've you gotten to know these people all over the state. And I think that's a, a testament to you and your commitment to your job and what you do each and every day. Can we get that on the podcast, Dennis? <laughs> yes. Thank you. But, you know, Pete, doesn't it come down to, because you, you have this, this same uh, uh, curiousness about you, mm-hmm. and, and, and you've got the same thing in that, that's not really about work. It's about it's fun to connect with different people and learn from them. And I think that's yeah. probably what gets you up in the morning as well, doesn't it? 
It is. And, and, you know, I'm driven just like you are in different ways, yeah. obviously, and because of the business. I'll give you a great example. I flew down here. I'm in Florida right now, and I flew down here for what reason? Well, I'm, I'm helping my son redo his backyard. And so <laughs> I, I was at Home Depot last night at 8 o'clock picking up mulch and picking up all kinds of things. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's going really well. It better be done by 6 o'clock because I'm jumping back on a plane and coming back to Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, those are the things that you do, and it, it's part of your life because you, you enjoy what you do, and you enjoy it with the family, and you enjoy it with friends, and, and you just you put in the extra effort, and, and that's what hopefully makes all of us just that much better. Yeah, and, and the extra effort is fun because you enjoy people, you know? I, yeah. I mean, you, you enjoy going down and helping your son, right? Oh gosh, we're having so much yeah, fun. You know, blast, we battle right? back and forth. Memory. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, we even we when you don't agree on if, if you should oh. shovel it here or not, right? <laughs> those are the best times, actually, and those build the best memories. Of those kinds of things, absolutely. Okay, uh, one last uh, before we go. Uh, next yeah. week, Illinois comes to town for the Gophers, it, mm. and they lost to Rutgers yesterday. By the time they beat Penn State, you thought they're good. Can you paint any picture where Illinois beats the Gophers? Is there anything you can do to this team if you can't physically match up with them? I think that the, the, the Illinois' biggest problem is going to be our offensive line. And if we stay disciplined and don't try to be tricky, don't try to outcoach yourself, just do what you do best. Ram the football down the field and, and hold on to that clock. That'll be the key for the Gophers. And the Vikings tonight give us a prediction. Oh, the Vikings. It's going to be great. I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think the Vikings three and three record really should be a lot better, closer probably yep. to something, uh, five and one. I think the Vikings are going to take him tonight. And I think Kirk Cousins has a big night. I'm with you. And we still don't know if Dak Prescott's going to play yet or not, too. So that just has a little bit to do with it. Great stuff as always, Pete. Appreciate it. Have a safe flight home. And remember, green side up on that sod. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll be back here next week, everybody. You've been listening to the huddle. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.